0: You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast and this is episode number 41. Welcome back to the podcast everybody here. We are in mid-December already and we are wrapping up our second season. I am just so blown away by how the Lord is using this podcast and starting real conversations among us and today is another good one guys. I actually have been an admirer of Ashley Lepo from far away, uh, even though we know similar people within the Connecticut district where I'm from. But it was such a joy to actually talk to her on the phone and connect with her. She is such a wonderful woman of God, and I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say. In this episode, Ashley shares the vulnerable truth about working in ministry and the beginning stages of marrying that with motherhood. Now things get really real as we talk about anger as us moms and the importance of personal devotion as a tired mama. Now I wanna encourage all of you young ladies who are not mothers yet, maybe you're not even married yet, but please still listen because Ashley has such wisdom and insight that will definitely bless you so much. And hopefully we can begin to not only give grace to Christian mamas all around who are trying their best but also reach out in encouragement. So here's our second to last episode of season two on the Hello Awesome podcast, episode 41 that I am calling Motherhood and Ministry with Ashley Lepo. You're listening to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Keeping great content and products coming takes not only time, but money. This got me thinking. How can I keep doing what I love, creating stuff you love, while also building a special program just for Hello Awesome's most loved supporters? Enter in Patreon. Patreon is an amazing website where I have put together an exclusive reward membership system. For as low as $2 a month, I will exchange your financial contribution with incredible benefits not found anywhere else. This includes bonus podcast episodes that haven't even been released yet, audio content, free digital copies of all of my books, current and future, beautiful phone wallpapers an official Hello Awesome tote bag, and so much more. Just go to patreon.com backslash helloawesome. That's patreo ncom com backslash helloawesome to become a Hello Awesome Patreon today or click the link in the show notes. I appreciate you so much and just giving a little bit to Hello Awesome, you will receive so much exclusive content from yours truly. One more thing. Did you know my books, The Palace Keepers and The Glitter Effect, are available as an ebook and paperback on Amazon? That's right. Just search the titles and add them to your next Amazon order and you can actually have one of my books in your hands in just a few days. Your support means the world to me. It really fills my heart and it financially supports current and future Hello Awesome projects. Head to the show notes for a direct link to my Amazon author bio for more details. I am pleased to announce that the Hello Awesome podcast is sponsored by the modest fashion clothing brand, Nuggles. Aiming to always provide beautiful, comfortable, and affordable apparel, Nuggles desires every lady to embrace modesty with style. You don't have to break the bank or sacrifice that morning latte when you shop with Nuggles. In fact, Hello Awesome listeners can use the 10% off exclusive discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Go to Nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high-quality products to add to your modest wardrobe right now. Hey guys, we are back with another episode of the Hello Awesome podcast for you. And today I have with me Ashley Lepo. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast with me can you just take a minute to share with us a little bit about who you are and what you do? I am very honored that you would ask
1: me to um, be part of this. So, my husband and I currently we are in the western suburbs of Chicago. I am—we've been married for seven years. My husband's name is Cameron. We have two little girls. We have a three-year-old and a seventeen-month-old. And of course, I'm a little biased, and I think they're the greatest in the world. Um, we are, like I said, we're currently in the western suburbs of Chicago. Um, I've been at the church I'm at, The Orchard, for nine years now. Um, I'm the worship pastor there. And just uh, recently, we made the announcement that we will be moving to Oakwood, Georgia, which is where I'm originally from. And Cameron and I both feel the calling of uh, pastoring on our heart. And so we're going to be taking a step toward that, moving to the south. So we're definitely in a time of transition right now that is exciting, bittersweet, Sad in some ways, you know, just a lot of mm-hmm. emotion that we're working through and dealing with with our kids and with ourselves. And um, but I also on the side I work for uh, Mod Sportswear, which is fantastic and every
0: you know apostolic woman should check out. And um, I think that kind of sums up what we do. That's really incredible. I actually do have family in Chicago, and um, yeah, it's it's just such an exciting place. But for you to move to Georgia, that's going to be a little bit of a shock, you know, to go back there. Yeah. huh? Absolutely. It was a big
1: shock moving here. It's a huge culture change for me. So mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: I, I am looking forward to the slower pace of life because it is kind of crazy around here sometimes. So that'll be that's something I'm, I am looking forward to.
0: Well, one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about um, is definitely about motherhood and the church culture and just also uh, being a mother in church. And um, so a lot of my questions might be kind of like loaded right away, but I know it's because there are things that have been on my heart as a Christian mother. So I know before you became a mother, I'm guessing you were heavily involved in church ministry. Is that true?
1: Yes, no, absolutely. It's really like I received the call of God on my life when I was 12. And I don't remember a time where I wasn't teaching Sunday school, leading a choir, singing on a team, you know, doing something. I I can't remember a time where I wasn't doing something for the kingdom of God. I feel like it's just always been rolled in me and part of who I am.
0: Right. And uh, that's what I thought. And when I was thinking about that, I wanted to know what did it look like when you suddenly had a baby and then you were also trying to serve the church at the same time serving the needs of a newborn?
1: So I think becoming a mom was a, a big chance it is for every, every mom who's going to listen to this is going to be like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was a huge, mm. um, change for me emotionally. And, um, the Lord is so so gracious, and I know He works with all of us differently. But something the Lord has always done for me, and I'm really grateful, is He knows that I hate change and I don't do very well with kind of quick changes. Mm-hmm. And so God has always been so gracious in preparing me for things ahead of time. And one of the things when I actually um, found out I was pregnant with Isla, and through through that time of pregnancy, something the Lord really began to deal with me and put on my heart was putting an understanding inside of me of how much of my worth I drew from what I do and what I did for the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. The fact that I led worship or I preached a sermon or I taught this class, what, you know, fill in the blank of whatever that was for me. Um, I was, you know, very blessed and straight out of Bible school, I'd gone back home and, and worked for a few years, but then, you know, Up until the point when Isla was born for five years, I had worked at the church here. I'd been a full-time employee. You know, my whole life revolved around what I did for the church. And God began to very sweetly work in my heart on that, uh, preparing me for, hey, when you become a mom, there's not going to be always so much doing, and you're going to have to make sure that you understand who you are. It's going to be a lot more being instead of doing, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. That's been something I feel like I'm still learning every, every day of my life, and especially as a mom, because, you know, there's, there's so much before you become a mom where you're like, hey, sure, let's go, sure, let's meet for coffee at 9 p.m. Or sure, like, you know, <laughs> so many things that you can do, the flexibility that you have, mm-hmm. then suddenly it's like the brakes are just put on and like, oh, okay. Like, I remember I was, um, I think, seven months old, and we got asked to go uh, preach a revival in Florida. Well, it was this whole thing. We had to bring, my dear friend Hannah went with us because we had to bring somebody with us to help with Isla because she had like crazy separation anxiety. I mean, we were like a caravan traveling to Florida, you know, and there was no longer this like, sure, let's hop on a plane and, you know, go preach somewhere. And um, so, the, yeah, that was definitely a lot of change and tra- transition that I feel like I'm still still learning.
0: Yeah. I agree with that as well. And God is so good that he does prepare us for things ahead of time. If we are aware of it, you know, we will see it at the right time. Uh, I know that's the same thing with me as well. You know, it's easy when you don't have a little one, you know, clinging to you all the time. You're like, sure, I'll help in the choir or sure, I can help here and there. But it does just change your perspective about just different priorities. And God still comes first first and foremost, exactly. but then we do have to fit in the needs of our, of our children. And that brings me to my next point. When you hear that motherhood is a ministry, what are your first thoughts? Um, you know, to be really
1: honest, that's something that I know is true in my head. I'm aware that that is truth. I'm aware that every day I am discipling my children. But I think when I think of it as a ministry, you know, to be honest, think about, you know, someone you teach a Bible study to, someone who's never, you know, never even heard of God. And usually I would say, you know, within five to six weeks, you know, they are seeing great revelation in the word of God and they have seen the need to be baptized and they might have even received the Holy Spirit and you're watching all of this incredible progress and growth happen in them. And I think that's something, you know, my kids are still little, they're, they're still three and under. And so sometimes seeing that as a ministry, the I guess what's the the word I'm looking for the metrics are not exactly you know you don't see that growth happen. They're not 15 yet and making this great life choice that I'm like, oh thank God for all the time we invested in them. Oh mm-hmm. thank goodness you know we you're not seeing the 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 product of, of you're not seeing the harvest of what you've sown yet you know. And so I think that that's something that I have probably struggled with that on a day-to-day basis sometimes of having to remind myself of, hey, while I don't always see that this is a ministry, I know the truth that this is a ministry. And I think it's been so good for me in a sense to remember that it's not about the external results that I can see. It's not about what's always in front of me that like, oh, okay, I taught you this and you did this. Great that even though, you know, we've gone for four weeks now with me at night, sometimes telling Cameron, will she ever listen to us? Like, will Isla ever listen? Because I just feel like she just doesn't even hear sometimes, you know, that knowing that, that one day us teaching her truth and teaching her what is right, one day it will pay off, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do actually um, understand that very much. And you brought up a really good point is that when you're in the thick of it, it doesn't feel like what we would think is ministry because of just the, the difference of results. And we are sort of a culture that you, you know, you see the result. Okay. That makes us feel pretty good. But when you're raising children, you don't see that right away. And it's, and it's exactly like one of the things that the Lord was showing me is you know, um, like with my oldest, he's seven. Well, he's never been seven before. You know what I mean? So always trying to keep that in mind. Okay. He's never been seven before. I've never been a mother of a seven year old before. So sometimes I tell him, Hey, I'm not really sure exactly what I am doing, but God is helping (laughs) me learn how to parent you I've never been a mom of a seven-year-old and so I try and keep that dialogue open I know he's still little but he's such a deep thinker I think I can do that with him certain children yeah. I can do that with with and I think that is such an important point that you brought up is like if you are a mother especially a new mother and you get a little frustrated because you're like man is this ministry I'm not really sure how we how have do- to hold on to the truth of what yeah. God's word says, you know, yeah. of what his truth is, because that is really our hope in the, for the future is that, that when we see the results, when we see the fruit, when we see the harvest at the end, that yeah. it's like, okay, we've been pouring into this child for years and years and years, it will pay off someday, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. We
1: had, um, a few weeks ago, I like came out of her Sunday school class and, um, you know, she had just turned three and they, one of the Sunday school teachers said, Hey, ask Isla to tell you her verse. And all of a sudden, Isla just out of nowhere kind of comes alive and looks at me and she does emotions along with the verse and quotes the whole verse of be still and know that I am God. And it was this just moment for me. I mean, tears welled up in my eyes. Like I felt like my heart was going to pop out of my chest because it was that small moment of, like we said, where we're like, okay, something is working. We're doing something right. Like you might not even know what that means, but at least the word of God is getting in you. you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I love those moments because I feel like they're little moments that kind of like gives us that little boost to keep going. And, you know, and we may not get those as much as we want right now because they're still little, but they're coming. I believe that they're coming. Absolutely. No, I agree. So, When we look at our church culture today, especially in 2019, I was wondering how do you think we are, you know, like equipping mothers to embrace motherhood as a ministry rather than just a role. I think in my head, I feel like um, sometimes we hit it out of the park where, you know, we applaud mothers. And then sometimes I feel like there is that sort of underlining shame that if you're not busy, 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 then you must not be holy, holy, holy.
1: No, I think that is such a, a great point that you make. Um, I I do think there are times, like you said, where yes, we do a great job, but I, I do feel like as a whole, and this is not, you know, I include myself in this, I don't feel like we do an awesome job at mm-hmm. at this. Sometimes I actually feel like what we can do is, Hey, it's okay. This is your season. You're going to get through this. And it's almost like we create, we, we, we make motherhood, especially the early years of motherhood, kind of this, like a passing over, like, Oh, when you get through this, then you can do something great kind of thing. It's almost like a pause, a pause in your walk with the Lord, you know? And um, so I think something I do feel like there's enough of us, though. there's there's people like myself, and like you who are passionate about this, and i am I, I do feel very passionate about families and about moms in particular, of 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 reaching that understanding together that no, this is not a passing season, but this is this is an incredible season of ministry. And I know for me, um, I know everybody's different, but I've you know had this conversation with a few people. I was very blessed. Um, My husband and I have a wonderful, wonderful marriage. I'm so thankful. Um, And for me personally, the thing that really has shown me who I am is when I became a mom. I know a lot of times people say that, like, oh, the first few years of marriage, like it really brought out the crazy in me or, you know, whatever. (laughs) That didn't happen to me until I became a mom. And there have been pieces of myself and monsters that were hidden deep down inside of my spirit that I didn't know were there that God has revealed to me since becoming a mother. I never realized how impatient I was. I never realized that there really is anger deep inside of me. All of these things that I never, never was, um, nothing ever caused them to come out until, until I became a mom and truly had to be selfless and had to give of my time and my energy and my resources to help this little human survive, you know, that I learned so much. I am learning so much about who I am and God is really using that, that if I'll take the time to embrace it, to truly change me and transform me. Like I said, I was never, I felt like I did not have an angry bone in my body. Like anger was just something I did not struggle with until the Lord gave me a little redheaded two-year-old
0: mm-hmm. and
1: then all of a sudden this just monster of anger just came out of me out of nowhere and I remember one day I was just so frustrated with her and I, I could take you to the spot I was sitting I'm so ashamed of this I cannot believe I'm telling the story and I just kind of looked over her and I was just I'm sure yelling which I'm not a yelling person I've never yelled before and I'm just telling Isla and the Lord just spoke to me so clearly. And he said, Ashley, you would not speak to another human being the way you were talking to that child. Mm. And I was so convicted of just realizing that because it was these little people that um, I guess I, you know, I knew were going to love me no matter what, or, you know, that I just felt like I had the authority over and I had control and you were going to do what I wanted you to do sort of thing, you know? And that moment was so, and I've, I've missed the mark probably 8,000 times since that moment, but it's been something that God has really used to, to kind of help me deal with some, you know, inner demons, for, for lack of a better term, that I didn't realize were there. And so I think if we can, as the church, really tap into that of what those years of early motherhood do, of the, of the exhaustion that comes with it, but also with that exhaustion, Really, come a sensitivity to the spirit. If you let it, I just think it's really important that we, as the church, could could tap into that and not just encourage moms of, hey, you're going to get through this, but hey, what awesome tools can the Lord, you know, give you as you walk through this season?
0: Mm -hmm. So, Ashley, I think we just became best friends because (laughs) any anyone that is willing to share such a vulnerable story in my book is just amazing because it just shows that we are all human. And that's the point. And I think sometimes we like to um, maybe as a church culture, you know, project like, no, I'm good. I'm perfect. It's fine, you know, or whatever. Like I'm this perfect, you know, Sunday mom or, and it's like, okay, but Monday comes around and doesn't look that pretty sometimes, you know? And I agree. There was stuff in my heart that did not come out until I had, uh, mine was a little blonde, uh, curly head boy, and um, and it's the same thing, the same thought. Um, it wasn't you know like a like a spoken word from the Lord, but I definitely felt an impression of you know if there was if this was somebody else's child, would I be speaking to them that way, or if if I was a teacher somewhere else. You know, would I be speaking to uh, their child that way? And the answer is, of course, no, I wouldn't. I'd be a little bit more discerning and careful with my words. And it's just easier when they're like closer, <laughs> a lot closer sometimes uh, than you really yeah. want them to be, to, to <laughs> have have that kind of at the surface almost all yeah. the time. And, but I do agree that the more we talk about it, the more we are Basically, acknowledging, like you said, that this is not just a season to just pass over to get to like better things, right? This is like a consistent role, a consistent season that's just going to look different depending yes. on the year, you know. Right. And, um, Absolutely. one of the things that I've heard Christians, mothers, Christian mothers say a lot, and I've said this too, is that you know, when you lose your devotion time because of the the demands of motherhood and you start feeling like, man, is this even like worth it? You know, like, do I even need it? And I wanted you to just take a minute just to share why it is important for us to take time for that when it seems like there is no time. I think
1: I remember uh, Raymond Woodward saying a quote one time he was, um, he was teaching and I don't even know exactly what all he was talking about, but I remember it just stood out to me so much. And he said, The hardest conversation that you need to have in your life, the one you are dreading the most, is the one you most need to have. And I know that was about a different principle, but I feel like there's so many areas we could tie that to. And I was thinking about that in this um, idea of devotion, that while when your kids are young, it is the hardest thing in the world for you to carve out that time. But in turn, that makes it the most important thing. Because I think so many times that's what happens in our, in our life. Our marriage gets pushed aside. Our devotion with the Lord gets pushed aside. Our time with our kid gets pushed aside. For some reason, it is the things that are the most important that we're like, oh, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm so quickly learning that that devotion and that time with the Lord, even if, even if, and I might just get, you know, stoned for saying this, even if it is not this fire prayer meeting that you have where you are in deep intercession and pulling down every stronghold in hell. But as you sitting with a cup of coffee in a quiet moment in a chair, asking the Lord to speak to you and sharing your heart with him, sometimes that's all you've got. Yeah, And that is enough.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think a lot of it is reprogramming our thinking as young moms to, to understand, hey, you know what? If my only time I have today to read the word of God is while in my other hand, I am spoon feeding somebody oatmeal, that's better than me not doing it at all. Right. Of just that understanding that I, my purpose with these sweet babies can only truly be fulfilled if I am being fulfilled by Jesus Christ. Mm Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that time of the word going inside of me of, you know, just today, I had a moment where this is, like I said earlier, this has been a crazy season for us. We're in the middle of moving. Um, My three-year-old has been very sick. We've been in and out of the ER more times than I care to even think about how often it's been. And so it's just been kind of that season. And I was in the car today, and I was only going to be in the car for like six minutes, but I was alone. I just dropped my kids off. And my natural reaction in the car alone is to like pick up the phone and be like, okay, who haven't I caught up with? Who do I need to call? And I really just quickly in that moment, just reached over and turned the power off on the, on uh, my stereo system. And I said, okay, God, this is a, a very short window, but please talk to my heart. Let me be vulnerable in your presence right now. Like, please pull yourself close to me. And I just have so realize during this season that it's me catching every moment that I can, that yes, sometimes, especially, oh, I think about this now. Yes. It's easy for me to get up an hour before my kids because I've, we, we decided what was best for our family. We've kind of, we've, we've done the whole sleep training deal. And both of our kids at seven 30 and eight 30, they are in the bed and asleep and they sleep through the night, like thankful floor. they slept terrible the first year of their life. And so doing that, I've had to make the decision. Okay kids are in bed, I have a decision of how much I will or won't do at night before I go to bed so that I can get up before them. But that first year of of their lives, when you're feeding them through the night and they're terrible sleepers and it's just, you, you're exhausted, your body's recovering, you don't know up from down. During that season, you have to give yourself grace and you have to receive the grace of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And grace in all, all terms of what it means. Grace as in, yes, God, I don't deserve your love right now. But grace also as grace is God's empowerment to help me thrive during this season when it doesn't make sense because I'm exhausted. But just finding those moments of making that decision in your heart of this is not going to be easy and this is not going to look like it did before I had kids. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to, me and Jesus are going to find out what our relationship is right now and I'm going to trust him to carry me through this
0: yeah for sure and I do agree with many of the points that you made and I love how vulnerable and just open you are about that because I think it's just so crucial for us as mothers young mothers or you know mothers of just multiple children young children it's just so so important to just realize the reality of the situation realize that we can't control everything we can't one of the other things that I felt really impressed upon is just reminding myself okay this is a real human being he's not a yeah. robot you know no I can't program him and then he'll do what I say and then I yeah. get mad because he doesn't do what I say you know yeah. and I feel like for me too it's almost like those five minutes those 15 minutes different pockets of time throughout the day. I remember I struggled because I always heard, you know, just in these 12 years of, of being in the churches over and over. And I understand that there's scripture, you know, seek him in the morning, seek him in the morning. Well, when your child wakes up at 4am, I'm sorry, Lord, I'm not going to talk to you right, right away. No offense. I love you. You know what I mean? Like right right now I'm changing the dirtiest diaper I've ever had to change in my life. Or I'm nursing and it really does not feel that great. Or I'm hungry and they're hungry at the same time. It's just not the time right now, Lord. But when the dust settles, whatever time that means for you during the day, then just take a couple minutes, even if it's in the evening. It's just that consistency of talking to the Lord at some point, right? So I think that's really the important thing. And, um, I would love to, I mean, you shared a lot that I truly think um, will bless someone listening, but I wanted you to try, if you could, that um, let's say there's a mom who's listening right now who truly loves Jesus and just really has that desire um, to talk to him more, but is really in the thick of motherhood where she feels like time is not her friend And that devotion almost seems like a fairy tale. What would you say to her right now?
1: Be encouraged would be the first thing that I would say. And um, I was just thinking about, as you asked that question, I was thinking about a time where the Lord really taught me something when Isla was a baby. Um, When she was really little, she had a lot of um, issues with her stomach. And we just, we, we couldn't figure out what was going on. And we couldn't figure out what to do. And we had we kind of had an issue with a pediatrician and all kinds of stuff had happened. And I was rocking her in the middle of the night one night and she just up with like terrible gas pain. And, you know, we're trying to give her gas drops and all this stuff is happening. And, and I was rocking her and I, I had that moment where I was on my phone and I was just researching, you know, everything you can. What, what do I do? What's a natural remedy? What's a, I didn't care at that point, whatever anybody told me to do, I was going to try. And the Lord is just so good. And he's so sweetly kind of, broke through all of my barriers in that moment and, and spoke to me and said, I'm sorry, I get emotional every time I tell this story. (laughs) And he just spoke to me and he said, why haven't you asked me? I created her body and I know exactly what she needs. And it was such a moment for me to learn that in the thick of motherhood, that because that was, that was 99% of my life, was being a mom to an infant. And you know how it is. Like the first, you know, four months are just survival. You know, Mm -hmm. like we all stayed alive. We did really good. That's all that matters. The house didn't burn down. We're alive. We Mm -hmm. did great.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I learned that especially in those moments when you feel like it is truly a fairy tale, that being a mom is the number one thing that matters to you. And so that's what matters to him. And yes, your prayer time looks different. Because you might not be praying for just great revival in your city in that moment. But if you were just beseeching him and talking to him, hey, God, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I'm, I'm exhausted right now. I just need you to know that I'm so tired. Like mm-hmm. communicating those things with the Lord, because I really do think the thing that motherhood can teach us is what a real relationship with the Lord looks like that it is not a check the box that I did my devotion in my prayer time this morning, but truly walking with Jesus Christ is an every moment of everyday process. And I think if we will let it, motherhood can kind of rob us of that. Oh my goodness. I don't have my completely devoted hour this morning right now. And I think it really can shake us to our core, but it can also,
0: we can come out on the other side
1: of learning what it really means to walk with Jesus.
0: Well, for sure. Mhm. That just reminds me of when I was, you know, rocking my second child, uh my second son Samuel. Um I had it very rough. His his pregnancy was great, the delivery was great. Um but when he came out, uh we always said that he's like Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde and he's still that way, very very sweet, very cuddly, so sensitive and then he will scream for hours or just the total opposite. And you never knew what was wrong. And we kept thinking, oh man, like does he have gas? My first son had reflux. So we kept thinking that. Um, Same, just like you go through all the scenarios. And I remember it would take an hour for me to rock him, nurse him. And then he would want my um, husband to do the same as far as like rocking him, not the nursing part, but the rocking him part, and uh, but with the bottle to supplement on top of that for another hour, and this went on for like six months. I'm not kidding. And I remember thinking, you know, I probably had a little bit of postpartum. I I was delirious. Yes. I don't know what was going on. Yes. And there was one night that you know I I really was just rocking him, and I felt. Just this thought came to me, I'm either going to let this break me where I'm not going to be a Christian anymore, which that's not an option for me, Right? or I'm going to run to the Lord whenever I can, however I can. And when I had that thought and I just said, you know what, I don't care what time it is right now, I'm going to just pray. He's not asleep. I'm not asleep. I'm just going to pray. And I remember just praying out loud. And I had just those crocodile tears because it was like the words, I didn't know what to say. But then yeah. the Holy Ghost took over my tongue and I was able to pray in tongues. And it was like I felt that burning in my heart like God was listening to whatever it was talking about, you know? And I. I was praying so loud. I didn't even realize that my husband had flew up the stairs (laughs) because he said he ripped open the door because I was making so much noise and he was looking at me. We laugh all the time because he was like, afterwards he told me, I thought you snapped. Like I thought she (laughs) laughed. And I remember laughing. It was the first time I really had joy. Like I felt joy for a while um, and not, not saying I wasn't happy, not saying I, I, I didn't love my children. It was just that actual, like, rush of joy. And I remember right. looking at him and just saying, it's okay. And when he heard yeah. me say, it's okay, he – I saw the relief on his face. And oh, he yeah. closed okay. the door, and it was it was like ever since then, sure, we had issues. He had – like six teeth before he was 10 months old. That's why he was insane. And it was, he just was teething one after another very early. And I remember just being like, okay, this is not, this is not, this is not going to be what I'm going to allow to take my soul, you know, away from the Lord's hands. I'm not going to allow this to take him out of, you know, to take myself out of his hands. And I remember just thinking that just having that thought and, There's just so much hope in that. And I felt that I was in control of how I was reacting to the situation. And even though, yes, sometimes you're delirious and things happen, um, it's either, am I going to let this break me to the point where I'm not going to be a servant to the Lord or am I just going to surrender where I am right now? That's so good. So what is something that helped you ground your faith and? You know, how can we be intentional with carving out that time on a daily basis? What sort of things can you, can you kind of share that might help us?
1: Now, this is a, a, a really good question. that I feel like I need to re-answer for myself every day. Um, I was thinking, when I was thinking through this, one of the things um, I wanted to very quickly share, when I had gone through, um, I got pregnant with my second little one when my first was only a year old. So, um, ellie was uh is our second one it was in the crazy part of the winter in chicago it's january it's snowing i was we had had it my husband had changed jobs we had an issue with our insurance i lost my um i lost my doctor i went through like a 10 week span where i didn't have a doctor um we were in the middle of selling our house and we thought it was going to take like months and months to sell but the day it went on the market that weekend, we got a contract on the house. Um, I was like 34 weeks pregnant or something at the time. My husband and I were going to do, go do a show in California for Maud, and uh, we were going to make a baby moon out of it. Well, I was 35 weeks pregnant while we were out there. Um, I went into labor, ended up in an ER in California, just crazy season, came home, was on bed rest. Ellie was born a week later at 36 weeks on from emergency C-section. She was four weeks old when we moved. Um, it was this whole, like, as you can just, um, you know, imagine during the season was <laughs> truly, I can say, I, I reached rock bottom in, yeah. in my faith and in my walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was definitely going through postpartum and didn't realize it, you know, because I had heard that, like, with a C-section, it could be worse, and so I was, like, super aware, you know, and I had, like, told my closest friends, like, oh, let's be super aware if I'm dealing with this, you know, that kind of deal, and still, I think it just kind of, like, crept on, uh, crept up on me, and I didn't, you know, realize what was happening. I had two little ones. Ila was only 20 months old when Ellie was born, so, you know, as you can imagine, just a crazy season, and through that, something, someone had Said these words to me years earlier, and I I learned the truth of them, of the importance they had said to me, and it was I took it as such a compliment. But they had said, "Ashley, you're somebody that I see that the Lord is always your true north." And, and during that season, like I said, when I just reached rock bottom in my faith, I I wasn't praying, I wasn't reading my Bible. I was I was truly just surviving. But I learned in that season so much. About the Lord, that when we live our lives in a way that we, He is our He is our true north. He is the thing that guides us that we are always pointing toward. When you reach those seasons of there are a few months where you are just just kind of wandering around, wondering what is happening. Happening when you have spent those years of grounding and rooting your faith in the Word of God and in His Spirit you have to trust that you have set that benchmark and you have set him as your north and he will carry you during those seasons. So when it is those times when you're like, I don't even know what is up or down right now, that is when you can experience the love and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Like you never have before, because I, I will very, be very quick to remind the Lord uh, I have done nothing to earn the fact that I can feel your presence right now. I have done nothing to to earn the fact that you are still speaking to me or whatever fill in the blank would be. But those are the times that we have to trust that we have stored up treasure in our face and we have rooted ourselves deep in the spirit. And that scripture that we have planted in our heart, it will carry us. The spirit of the Lord will carry us. And then there will come the day when you get back on your feet and you're like, hey, I can, I can do this again. I can move forward again. And you just have to trust that. You have to trust who He is and you have to trust the
0: character of the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I'm just so grateful for how you know, the Lord has moved in your heart and that You know, he's just so good and so gracious that he's brought you, you know, to a place where you can be comfortable sharing that with people. And, and I truly think that that is an amazing thought. And I'm definitely going to be thinking about that for a while, because I think it's an encouragement and it's hope. And it's something that we truly do need as mothers who are raising little children and we're in the trenches and we're trying to do our best. And, um, You know, I think God sees us. We are known by Him. And truly, if we, you know, have Him as our north, then we can always revert back to that. It reminds me of when I was younger. I was a ballerina uh, pre church. And one of the things they always taught us is just take a moment to find a spot that you will always look back to when you're spinning. Because if you don't find your spot, Good. You're going to be dizzy and you will fall.
1: Yes. And
0: I remember just always saying, you look at the corner of a room usually, or you look at a pole in the room. And every time you spin, your eyes will always go back to that spot. And I remember the Lord telling me, come back to me. Every time you spin, yes. just come right back to me and yes. you won't fall. And I think that's just an encouragement to us today. Yes, yeah, thank you for sharing that. That is that is really powerful principle. Ashley, this has been such a pleasure. I could literally talk to you all night. So thank you for chatting with me on the podcast today. Can you please share your church information and where we can find you on social media?
1: Absolutely. So um, right now, my husband and I are at The Orchard. So um, it's theorchardupc.com. And we're on social media as well. And then the church we are going to, we're going to First Pentecostal Church in Oakwood, Georgia, which we're very excited about. And, but you can find me on probably Instagram is the uh, best place, but it's just my, my name is just Ashley Lepo, just all one word. And I think my account is private, but if I see we have any mutual friends, I'll, I
0: accept anybody as long as I know they're not selling something. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashley. Hey guys, don't click away just yet. Ashley wanted to treat all Hello Awesome listeners with a special discount code to Mod Sportswear. Use code ASHLEY20 for 20% off your order this week only. That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-2-0 and it's redeemable at modsw.com. Also, I'm so happy to report that Ashley and her family have successfully moved to Georgia from Chicago since the recording of this episode. Now, I know that we are all praying that the Lord will continually bless their sweet and faithful family during this new journey. So Ashley and family, we're just so happy to see God moving in your life. And we know that the future is bright. All right. Take care, you guys. Don't forget to tune in next week. For the final episode of the Hello Awesome podcast in 2019. Now, I'll be sharing my incredible conversation with Chantel Rogers, who is the owner of Nuggles, our podcast sponsor. Chantel opened up about the beginning stages of her business, overcoming challenges both business wise, such as losing money, as well as personally suffering a miscarriage. Her powerful story of taking a risk and never giving up is the perfect way to end the year. You do not want to miss it. I'm serious. So I'll talk to you soon right here on the Hello Awesome podcast. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune in to future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to HelloAwesomeMinistries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up beautiful.